0: You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit LifeNZ.org. Has anyone ever had an embarrassing moment? Do you want to hear about the most embarrassing moment I've ever had in my life? Okay, the cool, well, I don't know if it's cool, it's kind of funny to me, but the most embarrassing moment I ever had in my entire life happened in Auckland, right here. Not in this exact building, but I know it wasn't too far away, and You see, uh, like Luke said, I have the privilege of traveling with Hillsong United. I've been part of the team for over 15 years now, leading worship, writing songs, and getting to travel all over the world with these songs. And, you know, it was a long, long time ago that, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago now, we were in Auckland doing a music conference, a conference called Noise. I don't know if anyone was there. I hope you weren't because it's... um, Well, I hope you were, but, you know, not when I'm being selfish when it comes to my embarrassing moment. I hope you didn't get to see it, but... We were in, uh, we were here in Auckland at this worship. Uh, it was actually just a music conference, and there were thousands of people, and we were crammed in like an old warehouse. And you know, we were leading worship with the Hillsong United team, and we do about an hour and a half, um, you know, night of worship. And I was really excited because when I walked up on the stage. The props, part of the stage design were these skateboard ramps that were like, you know, these quarter pipes and little jumps all over the place. And I I don't know what it is about myself, but I get really excited when it comes to praising God. And I walked on the stage and saw these ramps everywhere. and I thought, these guys have put these here just for me, even though they hadn't. But that's just the way my brain thinks. Anyway, so we get into the first song. We start like we did tonight with some fast, upbeat, praise, dance songs. And I see one of these uh, ramps on the side of stage and I run as fast as I could to it. I run up it. I jump off it as, as high as I can. I kick my arms, my legs. i far apart. I land. I keep running around praising God. But all of a sudden when I landed, there was a breeze in between my legs that wasn't there when I walked on stage. And I look down and lo and behold, I've ripped my jeans from my crotch all the way down to below my knees, like basically shredded them. I don't know how I did it. And I, I look down and I kind of freeze because... You see, I'd been to Bible college, but nobody tells you what to do when you rip your pants on stage. I, hadn't, I missed that class, I guess, one day. And so I'm there, and it's like, you know, there's no way you're supposed to leave in the middle of, you know, this is only song two, and I just, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do, but I was so embarrassed that I just dropped my head, and I walked off stage. I just, it was, it was bad. And, you know, I get off stage, and a guy who's helped us travel the whole time with United, a guy called Webby, he's there, side of stage, and he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, bro... I've ripped my jeans. I'm so embarrassed. I can't can't keep going tonight. He's like, you've got to get up there and keep praising God. I'm like, I just can't. And he goes, wait, I've got an idea. And he literally like reaches behind him out of nowhere, like a MacGyver move and gets a roll of gaff tape. Does everyone know what gaff tape is? It's that really thick gaff tape. It's like, it's it's thick and it's strong and it covers a multitude of sins. And uh, so he starts to operate on my pants. He's like doing stripes down, across, diagonally, and he's patting it down and does an extra layer. And he's like, that should work. And I looked down, and it was kind of like that cheap gaff tape. So it was really shiny. And, um, and I was just, I'm so embarrassed, but I made a decision that nothing was going to stop me from praising God. So after he taped up my pants, I went back onto the stage and just in time for them to start that first slow song, you know, like it was just perfect. The keys were playing this amazing note. And Joel Houston was standing next to me. He was about to lead the song. And I kind of stood there, assumed the worship position, pretending that I was worshiping, but really just battling with my insecurities about what just happened and how embarrassed I was. And I started having this conversation with my mind. And it was like my mind was playing tricks on me because here I was standing there. And it's like, it's like I was so embarrassed. I was trying to push in and keep praising God, but it's like, It's like I could, you know, feel that the breeze was back then. I was like, no, stop it. Just keep pressing on. And then my mind went to a whole nother level and started pretending like there was people in front of me that were laughing. And I was just trying to push through it, except the laughter was getting louder and the breeze was getting stronger. And I opened my eyes, the gaff tape had come off and um because it was the cheap stuff and there's like about 30 people standing right in front of me laughing out loud and I'm like oh my goodness what do I do here and just before Joel sings he's kind of stands over and he looks at me he looks down he looks at the people laughing and I look back and he laughs out loud into his microphone it comes through the speakers and now you've got thousands of people drawn to attention looking at me laughing the laughter grows the whole room's laughing I look to Joel I look at the crowd I look at my pants and I walk off stage I was done I couldn't do it I had a second try And I get off and Webby, the guy who helps us travel, says, what are you doing? I'm like, bro, I'm done. He's like, you've got to get back up. Hello. He's like, you've got to get back up there. I'm like, I know, but I just can't. That's it. I tried. You know, I'm done. And he goes, wait, I've got an idea. And this is the absolute truth. He walks out into the crowd. He finds a complete stranger, sizes them up, brings him back and says, I've got this guy. He's going to let you wear his pants. (laughs) And I was just like, okay, um hi, stranger, I'm JD. He's like, hey, JD, I'm stranger. And we go into our little backstage area and he gives me his jeans. And, you know, I've got to describe this guy to you. Like, this guy just had the biggest, like, massive heart, you know? Like, um, and uh, I... Hello. It's the first time using a microphone. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> this guy had... Let, let me... Let me... Explain it another way. He had the biggest jeans you've ever seen, all right? They were really baggy. Okay. And um and so I was like I was so embarrassed but I sw- swapped jeans. Well, I didn't give him my jeans because they were basically destroyed. I, put on the, I went from wearing like these tight, skinny black jeans, which was probably the, the problem in the first place, to wearing the baggiest, brightest blue jeans you've ever seen in your entire life. I did the belt up as tight as I could, and I'm here to testify, to say that I got back up on stage. I kept praising God, and that was the most embarrassing moment, and it definitely deserves a round of applause for me bearing my soul. You know the truth is life has its way of throwing things our way that it's going to cause us to not want to praise God but just because we don't want to or feel like we shouldn't praise God doesn't mean that we should not praise Him and you know I want to talk tonight about a really simple thought but I think it's powerful and can help each and every one of us. I want to talk about being people of relentless praise. You know praise is powerful, it's so much more than a song and it's so much more than just a service You know, we are taught in Psalm 100, one of my favorite scriptures, that uh, we actually enter into God's presence with thanksgiving, with praise, with gratitude on our lips and in our heart. And, you know, If praise is the way that we enter into God's presence, praise is the way that we can actually access everything that God has for us. We have an opportunity every day in our lives to live in the presence of God. And in His presence is where we find fullness of joy. In His presence is where we find peace and wisdom and everything that we need to do, everything that God has called us to do. And so I simply want to equip us and encourage us to be the kind of people to live these relentless lives of praise to God and access His presence. And so we are enabled to do everything that God's calling us to do. Amen? And I want to share a story from the Bible. I think a couple of guys, and it's the greatest example that they were relentless in their praise. And it's this story found in Acts chapter sixteen. And it's, it's uh, let's pick it up in verse twenty-two. It says, "The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in an inner cell." And fastened their feet in stocks. Someone say that's a bad day, right? Already? Says at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26 says, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. You know, this is a powerful story. And um you know, I think about this and to be honest, if you ever have a bad day, I want to encourage you, go to Acts chapter 16 verse 22 and it might give you a little bit of perspective that unless maybe you were arrested, that a mob beat you up, that they stripped you naked, that they put you in prison, that they actually put you in the inner cell. But, you know, if that hasn't happened, then maybe your day is a little bit better than these guys. And, but then what is more crazy is that it's, it's midnight. And for whatever reason, Paul and Silas, and I think we can take a leaf out of their book and look at them as an incredible example, they decide to sing and pray and praise God. And the Bible says that as a result, that the prison foundations were shaken and they actually experienced freedom. And what's even more unbelievable is not only they experienced freedom, but every other prisoner that was in the jail experienced freedom as well. And I think that just goes to show the power of our praise, that you know what? That when we praise God, that it enters us into God's presence. It also enters us into the freedom that he has, not only for us, but for those around us. So I don't know about you, but I get excited and think of the power that we have if we can be relentless in our praise. Amen? Amen. So I want to just give us a few ways, a few keys or tools um, that we can actually live this thing out when we leave this place tonight and live lives of relentless praise. And the first one is this, if we're going to live a life of relentless praise and experience God's freedom, not just for us, but those around us and all that God has for us is we've got to fix our eyes on the unseen. You know, for Paul and Silas, they that, what they could see in front of them was a closed door. Was There was chains around them. But, you know, they somehow were able to not just look at what was in front of them, but they actually, they shut the eye of reason. I love ben, uh, Benjamin Franklin, who's a famous president from the United States. He says, the way to see by faith is to shut the eye of reason. You know, we're a people of faith, right? All right, I got like... 35% but I know that maybe my mic just went on mute for a second so I've turned it back on but you know we're a people of faith amen, amen. We, we know 2 Corinthians 5 7 says we live by faith not by sight we actually live by faith not by sight I'm grateful for my sight and I hope that you are too but we've got to understand that we actually live by faith not just by sight and um the truth is in life there there are the facts but there's also the truth. And I want to remind every single one of us tonight that the truth trumps the facts, that maybe the facts are for you right now that there's a really bad diagnosis from the doctor. Or maybe the facts are in your life that your bank balance is like empty, it's red, it's got a minus in front of it. Or maybe the facts are for you that there's a door shut. But the truth is that God is your and my healer. The truth is that God is our provider. And the truth is that whatever door God opens, no man can shut. And we have to be the kind of people that, yeah, we don't deny and we don't deny what the facts are, but we understand that the truth trumps the facts. And we're gonna live by faith. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean that we can't believe in it. It is so central and called to who we are. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen, it's temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. Hebrews eleven one. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and listen to it, certain of what we do not see. If we're going to live these kind of lives that I believe God has for each and every one of us, and be the be a people of be relentless in our praises, we've got to learn to fix our eyes on the unseen. Understand that there are facts and there are things going on, but we're a people of faith, and we can be certain of what we do not see. Amen. Second thing, if we're going to live these lives. And be relentless in our praise is we've got to concentrate on what we have. I think about Paul and Silas in this prison. They, they didn't really have anything, right? They didn't have much. They had their faith and they had their voice. But hey, it turns out that was more than enough. And I don't know what it is about life, but we can spend our whole lives wanting what we don't have and missing what we actually have. I think about um, when I first got my driver's license. Who here has their license? Who here can't wait to get their driver's license? I remember me and my mate when we were like uh, 15, 16 going like, when we turned 17, we could get our license, we were able to drive by ourselves and we were so excited. We thought, you know, when we get our license, that's when life begins. That is freedom. Anyone else remember feeling that way? And the rest of you still feel that way. But um, anyway, the day came, I got my license and it was like I had arrived finally, but I forgot one little detail. You can have a license, but for, to use it, you need a, yeah, you need a car, so, I worked hard. I saved up a little bit of money and bought the biggest bomb ever. That was, my friends call it a Coke can on wheels. Like it's, it was like it helped my faith journey because every time I turned the key, I just didn't know whether it would start or not. But hey, I was like, I couldn't be more excited. I had my license, I had my car, I finally had made it. I had experienced freedom in my life, and I'd drive my car. But after about the second week of driving it, I realized it was missing one key element it didn't have a CD player in it, it didn't have a radio. That's right. Like, and so I remember thinking, man, if I could just, now that I've got my license and my car, if I get a CD player, like then forget about it. I'm done, arrived, happy, nothing to complain about. And, you know, I'm here to testify. I worked hard. I saved up some money and I bought a, a, D, a CD player and got it. Um, in, does anyone know what a CD is, by the way? <laughs> or can anyone remember what a CD is? I can barely. But um, I, I got a CD player installed into my car and it was just like I was over the moon. Now I could just put it, listen to whatever I wanted, listen to stuff. And it was so good. But then after a little while, you know, me and my friend would go to the beach every Saturday and it was this little car and we'd jam our surfboards in and I couldn't see him properly or I'd always have like a fin in my shoulder. And I was like, this is like so annoying. Like I just, I longed for the day that I just have roof racks on my car where I didn't have to worry about the surfboard in my car. And so, you know what, again, God's faithful. I worked hard. I saved up. I bought some roof racks and got them installed on the roof. And I was driving down the beach without a worry in the world, with my surfboard, on the roof, with the CD player, driving my car, except in summer, it was really hot, and it came to me that the car didn't have air conditioning, it was just like, yeah, the worst thing ever, right, and um, thanks for laughing, it was a joke, but I remember driving, just being like, oh, I just long for the day of having air conditioning in my car, and with my CD player, and my roof racks, and just, you know, I ended up getting a car that had air conditioning, and I was like, had finally arrived, except for one thing. There was one thing that was missing. It didn't have central locking. You know, like I had to reach over and pop like the the door lock over, or even worse, I'd have to walk around and open it for my friends. If I had a girl at the time, it wouldn't have been an issue. You know, chivalry, and I would have looked after it. But you know, I just longed for the day I'd seen this invention as like a little kind of you know black button that you just go beep, and then at one stage all the locks open. I'm like, how good would that be? And again. I finally, eventually got a car that had central locking, had air conditioning, it had roof racks on it, had a CD player. But I realised there was the w- uh, one little thing that I was missing out on. <laughs> this is unfortunately true, and I have friends that are like me. You're going to probably, now you know what I'm like. But this is the truth. At, th- at that time, I was just like, oh, you know when like, I will actually, actually arrive and be in need of nothing? Is imagine one day having a car with leather seats. That's just like the pinnacle, right, you know? It's a funny story, but it's kind of true. How much can we all relate that we are always going, you know, one day, someday, when I get this, oh, and then haven't you found when you get things, it's, there's always something else comes out six months later. It's like technology just moves way too fast at the moment, or we think that we need something, and then we get it, and we realize we need more and more. And we can find ourselves in this trap, but if we're going to be the kind of people that God has called us to be and be relentless in our praise, we actually have to concentrate on what we have. I want to read you a couple of verses that I love. Um, 1 Corinthians 4.8, in the message, it says... So, what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all you need. You already have more access to God than you can handle. Everyone repeat after me. Say I have all that I need. I that I need. Say I have more than I need. I, have I need. The truth is, if we understand, there's a difference between needing something and wanting something. And don't get me wrong, if you I'm up for you wanting a lot of things, if you want a car with leather seats, no judgment, I'm with you. Um, but as long as it comes from a place we understand we actually don't need it if we could understand we actually have more access to God than we could handle then we come from a place of knowing that we actually are in need of nothing but we have more than we need 1 Corinthians 7 17 and if you are on Instagram stop for one second because I think this verse could be for you or if you're playing a game on your phone no judgment we've all done it well I haven't done it but that's we don't do that at Hillsong we just we all write notes on pieces of paper but uh jokes um I really actually believe that this verse is powerful and is going to speak to a lot of people tonight. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, Don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live, obey, and love right there. I think we've got to understand that, you know, we can be wanting and wishing we were in other places. And, you know, I love, you know, the church that I come from, and I know the church here is exactly the same because... Pastor Paul spoke an amazing message this morning about having dreams for our life. And and I'm not trying to say not to have an amazing dream or vision from your life, but I think that we can spend a whole time waiting for one day someday and wishing till we get something where we understand the Word of God for us tonight is that if we could actually understand that where you are right now is God's place for you. And the key is found in this verse here, if we could just learn to live, to love and obey God in that season, you watch the faithfulness of God unfold before your eyes. We may not see it every day in the little details, but I promise you, as you keep trusting God, keep following Him, keep praising Him, keep being grateful for who He is and what He's already done for your life, then you watch, that is actually the key that is gonna unlock and access the kind of life that God has for each and every one of us, which is beyond anything we could think dream or imagine we've got to understand that if we're going to be able to live these lives being grateful every day of our life always having a reason to praise God we've got to concentrate on what we have we've got to concentrate on what we have and the third thing is we've got to understand that praise isn't a feeling it's not based on how we feel like I think about Paul and Silas at midnight after everything that they've gone through and this is me reading between the lines a little bit in the scripture but I don't know if they necessarily felt like praising God at midnight Especially after the day they'd had, they'd been arrested, they'd been beaten, they'd been flogged, they were naked like, stop, that's the worst day of my life. But yet, it says that at midnight, they started praising God. You know, the truth is, our praise should never be dictated on how we feel. I remember learning this so powerfully uh, in church many years ago. I remember being in one of our services, and you know, I love it when we have nights like tonight. You know, we have an amazing team and amazing songs, and you know, you, you step into the presence of God and you feel those warm and fuzzies, you know, like you get goosebumps. Who loves it when you can kind of feel that tangible presence of God? And I remember going to this service one week being like, all right, I'm kind of feel like just God making me, make me feel awesome. So I stood there and they started, you know, the songs and I was like, all right, here I am, make me feel awesome. I want goosebumps to be nice tonight. And then I just wasn't feeling it. And I was like, mm, okay, what's going on? I looked, who's leading worship, you know, because we're all human. <laughs> I'm like, maybe they're having a bad day. Give us a bit of grace. Obviously, that's not the case. I'm like, oh, is it the song list? Like, did they pick bad songs? And, you know, obviously, that's not the case. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe God's having a day off, which is fine. Do you understand? He looks after everybody at the same time. I'm like, dude can I have a break. It's fine with me. And all this is going through my head. And as it's going through my head, I'm, I'm standing there. and I'm at the end of my aisle. And I'm, you know, just kind of, I'm not feeling it. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I'm across from my aisle. There's a lady on the end of the aisle opposite me. She was standing there with her hands raised and tears were literally coming down her face. And it was undeniable that she was having an encounter with the living presence of God. And I stood there and it clicked. That God was moving in that place, but her rose. So I stepped over <laughs> and I, obviously I didn't step over. But what I did realize in that moment is just because I can't feel God moving doesn't mean that he's not. You know, our praise should never be t- dictated on the way that we feel If it does, we're going to be in a dangerous place. Can I read you what I call one of the most sobering scriptures, at least for me? It's found in Amos 5.21. The prophet says, I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences, your conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects, your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes, your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. When was the last time you sang to me? Do you want me? I can't read it again I can't once a day is enough <laughs> the truth is that the heart of this scripture and and what I pray that we would all you know because that list is like what I kind of do with my life and there's nothing wrong with conferences there's nothing wrong with conventions there's nothing wrong with gathering and doing the things that we do as long as it always comes from a place it's not what we can get from it It's not based on how we feel, but it's actually the heart of worship is a response to who God is and what he's done. And we've got to be careful and we've got to remember that, you know, and our praise and our worship goes so far than just in a gathering like tonight in our services. It's actually the life that we live. And if it ever comes about what we can get from it, God, I want to feel blessed. I want to feel better. I want you to do this for me. But we understand first and foremost, our praise to God, our worship, our lives of following Him come out of who He is and what He's done for us. And the truth that, to be honest, if He didn't do one more thing for any one of us, He's still worthy of our praise for the rest of our life and the rest of eternity. Come on. And I believe if we're going to live these lives that God has called us to do, then we've got to understand that praise isn't based on how we feel. We've got to concentrate on what we have. We've got to fix our eyes on the unseen. The fourth thing is this. We've got to keep our perspective. Again, I think back to Paul and Silas. And they didn't let their perspective, their situation dictate their praise. You know, it can be so easy for us to lose perspective. I know the first time I ever Got to um, go on a Hillsong United tour 15 years ago this year. It was it was in Los Angeles, and um, I remember just being so excited. I I never even dreamed that I'd be able to be a part of you know what I've been able to be a part of, and I remember finding out, I was leading the second song and it was a song called Free. Um, it's an old United song, but I was, when they told me, this is the song you're gonna lead, I was like, oh yes, I'd led this song like a thousand times in our youth ministry and in our church. And so I'm like, at least it's one, like I knew off the back of my hand. So that'll help with all the nerves because I was super nervous. And anyway, I start the song and it goes a little bit like this. It's like, would you believe me if I said the da, ba, da, 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 da. Uh, yeah I got it would you believe me if I said that you and then like I completely had a mental blank and I forgot the lyrics to the verse I was fine for the rest of it but um it was I was like this is how much I lost my perspective right the song only goes for maybe three minutes and by halfway through the song I'd always I already figured out in my head that you know, we'd, we'd lead worship for about 45 minutes, and there was like a 10-minute break. Then we did like another 45 minutes. And because I'd stuffed up the lyrics, I was certain that I was going to walk off stage. and And the guy who organized our travel was going to have a boarding pass for me because it was about it was about 7.30 p.m. and I knew there was an 11 p.m. flight back to Sydney. It was like my first, I hadn't even been in America for eight hours and I thought I've stuffed it. I'll never lead worship again. I'll never travel. Like, I kind of laugh about it, you know, now, but I genuinely was standing there like sweating going, I'm done. Like, I'm embarrassed. My family, what's, my mum was so excited that I got to go on this tour. I'm going to be home tomorrow. What do I tell her? You know, all this stuff is running through my head in like 90 seconds. And how, how easy is it for us to lose our perspective in life? And, and, um, I want to read 1 Peter 4 it says friends when life gets really difficult 1 Peter 4 verse 12 when life gets really difficult don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job instead be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced this is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner and I think we all know this I don't need to state the obvious but it's not if life gets difficult it's when I actually love that when you read the Bible, it doesn't, God's Word doesn't shy away from the tests and the trials that we have to go through because it's always backed up with the truth that we're not alone. That's the reason that we praise God. But I've always kind of read this verse growing up going, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job instead be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ be glad that always never really made sense to me like what does that actually mean are we supposed to like rejoice when we when we're suffering and i kind of the way I, my brain likes to think about it say if whatever it is that you're going through whatever it is maybe the valley or the testing season let's let's say it was you broke your leg does that mean that when we break when you broke when you're broken or you've broken your leg that you're supposed to like walk around going praise God, he broke my leg, or I broke my leg, or I don't know which one, but my leg's broken, amen. woo praise the broken, and broken, you know. No, I don't think that's what it means that we're supposed to go around with that. But what I do think it means is we're not supposed to deny and hide our brokenness. That we actually need each other to be able to be honest and be able to t- talk to each other what we're going through. But what it actually means is that when it is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner, that we go, okay, you know what, my leg's broken at the moment, but I am in pain, but... The doctor says, and I've actually heard this from doctors, I'm not a doctor, I know just in case you were wondering... That apparently, you know, my leg is going to heal. It's just a process. And actually, my leg, when it heals, the way that our bones work is that it's going to heal stronger than it was before. And so I've just got to keep walking it out. I've got to trust the process and realize, oh, you know, I've been on this journey for a few weeks now. And I've found someone. They've just broken their leg. And I can encourage them. But, hey, I'm a few steps down the journey. It's going to be okay. Trust Trust in God. Trust that His plans are true. And then we actually understand that there is glory just around the corner because we understand Romans 8 28 that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them and that's you and me tonight we love God and we're called according to his purpose and he's actually working everything together for good so we've got to learn to keep our perspective and I want to encourage you that you know when things do surprise us or go maybe not the way that we're planned that you know sometimes it is okay to question God initially but don't let your first reaction be your last We've actually got to stand and trust in the Word of God. We've got to keep our perspective. When we do that, we're able to actually live these kind of lives that I'm talking, that we see from Paul and Silas, that we can be relentless in our praise, that we can understand our praise is what enters us into God's presence. Our praise is what is going to bring us freedom and live the kind of lives that not only we experience freedom, but people will see the freedom that you've got. And I believe that's going to be contagious and that you're going to be able to share the freedom of who God is and what He's done in your life. And it all comes from making a decision that we're going to praise God. And the way that we're going to do that is we've got to fix our eyes on the unseen. We've got to concentrate on what we have. We've got to understand praise isn't how we feel. We've got to keep our perspective and the final thing is this and the team can join me. And I love this, is we've got to, if we're going to continually praise God, live these lives, we've got to find the secret place. What am I talking about? I'm talking about swapping the noise of this world for that still small voice. Um I love Matthew six and the way the message paraphrases this. Matthew 6, 5 and 6 says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet and secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage and the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense His grace. What I love about this verse is it reminds us the power of us making sure that we are continually, we know that we are a people of faith and we also know as we heard this morning the way that we get our faith that faith comes by hearing the Word of God I want to encourage you remind you the simple truth because it could be one of the most powerful truths that we need to be people of the Word we need to understand I think more than ever that in the culture and the society that we are in but not of is we got to continually find that secret place however that looks for you whatever time you can get and understand that you know when it, when we come before God it's it says, don't role play before God. It says, just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And I think we would all admit to some degree, we come into life, especially church, but everywhere with a bit of a, one level of facade or, not, or, or masks. You know, the simple way to, you know, to, to prove that is think about the most common conversation. How are you going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Boom. You know, like, um, but what I love is that when we come before God, we can come as ourselves. You know we don't have to be the kind of person that maybe we portray to everybody else that everything is awesome that everything's always going great but we can actually come before God with our fears with our faults with our failures with our insecurities with our, with with the things that we're unsure of and the most amazing thing happens when we come before God as simply and honestly as we can manage the way that we are that person you and I the real us riddled with whatever it is that we are dealing with that's the you that God loves that's the you that God died for. God didn't, die, God didn't send Jesus to die for the perfect you who has it all together. No, the power of His love and sacrifice is so strong that, it, that it's, it's the message that includes every single one of us. And it's powerful and I've done it time and time again and I can't do it enough and it's one of the most powerful things, finding that secret place, swapping the noise, the images, the messages that everyone else and everything else is trying to tell us and find out who we really are. And it gives us the strength, to be honest, to be like Paul and Silas. If we find ourselves like it feels like you're in prison, hopefully you're not naturally, well, at least you're not tonight, you're here. So keep playing your cards right and you'll be good. But um, the truth is, that's the thing that's gonna give us that inner strength to do what it is that God's called us to do. Because we things do happen in life that we didn't expect or we hadn't hoped for. But the best thing about life is that we're not alone. We serve a God who is God Emmanuel and He's with each and every single one of us. And I I simply hope and believe that you're encouraged that whatever journey that you are on, and maybe it's your first time tonight or maybe like me, you've kind of got born into church or anywhere in between. We all have those seasons, but I think the power of praise can be the difference for you and me. Tomorrow when you're at work, it can separate us from and, and help us stand out so people will see the God that we serve with the smile on our face. It can be as simple as that creating opportunity to share the goodness of who God is. And so I don't know of anything, and I believe hopefully all, if not one thing, that you're encouraged, and maybe you are in one of those things that right now, to be honest, you can't see it. Right now, your circumstance and your situation, you're like, I, I, I just can't see a way out. And I believe that you're revitalizing your faith to understand that, you know what? We actually live by faith and we're going to believe that God is who he says he is and we're going to stir that up and we're going to shut the eye of reason and try and make it all make sense in ourselves and actually trust God with it or maybe you're here and you're waiting for that one day someday when and you know I, I and that's just the, a lie and a trap I think of the enemy if we wait until we've got it all together but I'm here to tell you that you actually have all that you need we have more access to God than we can handle we just need to step into that access tonight maybe you're waiting till you feel like it again similarly like you're waiting for the stars to align. And again, you're gonna realize, you know what, I don't need to feel, I don't have to wait till it all makes sense until I feel God's presence, but I'm actually gonna praise Him for who He is and understand that He deserves all my praise. And maybe you would be honest and whether just the things of life or the season that you're in, you've lost your perspective a bit. And, And luckily you're here tonight, hopefully because you want to, or maybe you're just going through the motions for any other reason. And I believe God's wanting to capture your heart again capture your attention to the truth and remind you of who he is remind you of what he's done and more importantly remind you of what he's wanting to do you know standing here today and getting to be part of these services and even looking on from afar what happened last weekend I don't think there's been a more exciting time for this church but you know what I feel right now being here today I'm like man you're just getting started You're just getting started and it is time to lift our eyes and look for more miracles. This is an amazing miracle and this is a testimony to God's faithfulness. But I tell you what, we have not seen anything yet. Life Church has not seen anything yet. I believe this city, you're only beginning to scratch the surface. I know it's been a 27-year journey, but I get excited. And I think we've got to be the kind of people that are up for that. And I think if we do it, it's so important that we learn to live these lives. Be relentless in praise. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.